about my money, yeah, I don't play I got that Benjamin button, I'm looking better every day, boy <laughs> Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bossy Podcast. So excited to be here with you. I am Tansy, and this is my sister Chandler. I'm the older one and the cooler one, if you needed to know. Just kidding. Um, And we are excited to be here today. It's been a while since Chandler and I have been able to come together as one and have a conversation. And I was telling her the other day that if I had to do this on my own all the time, it would not be nearly as fun. So I'm really excited to be able to do our podcast and have the conversation live because I missed you and I'm going to talk to you. And so today's topic is all about nutrition and just to kind of clear the air disclaimer, Chandler and I, neither of us are nutritionists. We have studied ourselves like This is the study of me for me and the study of Chandler for Chandler and the road that we have each been on. And we're just sharing things that we've learned along the way and kind of, you know, some things that we disagree on, some things that we do agree on, things that we think are important, the things that we think are not, and just having a conversation about it. So really excited to be here, kind of nervous. I personally um, tend to avoid the discussion of nutrition because I feel like I haven't mastered it yet. But again, that's not, that's not what we do here. We start before we're ready. We talk about things that make us uncomfortable and we figure it out together. So Chan, I don't know if you want to kick it off. Yeah. I, I, that was a really good intro. First of all. Um, I think this podcast too is really cool because a lot of what we talk about is just sharing our journey. And like you just said, like we, we're still figuring it out as we go, but we have found empowerment and joy in sharing the journey. And it's been really fun. And again, I thank you guys so much for listening in and tuning in. Um, but when it comes to food, I would say because Tansy and I share so much on social media into a public platform, we oftentimes get questions on food and it is like a worldwide topic to talk about how to manage food. What should I be eating? How should I eat it? When should I eat it? And so we wanted to touch on this topic and it could, it could be a series of topics. So we're going to try to condense this and just share our journey for now. Um, and we both come from very different places of of where we have found what works for us, but we've also had the same upbringing. And so as, as much as Tansy and I have differences in all things in life, we come from the same place and we come from the same DNA. So I think you'll find it interesting what we (laughs) have found works for us because it's very different. And in saying that, I think we should kick it off with where our journey with and our, our relationship with food began. And when we started thinking about food, like in a sense of being healthy. So why don't you start with yours first or, and we'll just like go back and forth. As we were talking, I was thinking there, you know, we asked people what we sounded like and if we sounded similar (laughs) and I've got a lot of feedback that you have a much more Michigander accent. And I feel like because someone said that I hear it so much. Like when you say podcast, no way podcast, drink a gallon. <laughs> That's <laughs> terrible. I don't want that. Terrible. <laughs> terrible. Oh my goodness. I think it's great. I, they weren't, they weren't hating. They were just saying they can tell the difference. Yeah, for sure. I just don't, I don't, I don't want the Michigander accent. 
<laughs> now you're tripping. Now you're worried. <laughs> it's fine. Just be yourself. Um, anyways, so I think what's so powerful about our journeys is that food has been a struggle and a challenge that, and something that has not come easy to either of us. And I think that's what makes what we've found to help us so worth sharing for us. Um, we come from a family and I think our family would nod their heads at this and be okay with us sharing that we, our family is a family that has used food as a coping mechanism, not just when we're sad and tired, but when we're celebrating, like everything is around food. Um, if there is to be any type of addiction that happens, I really think a lot of our family has like that food addiction. And it's something that we've, it, it really is something that you're born into and you have to figure out for yourself and like make new rules and and, you know, I think playing basketball, I think being collegiate athletes, honestly, you would think that we would have a good background with food, but it's like we ate whatever we wanted because we were always going to be burning it. And Hold so on, I, I want to stop there too, because sorry to interrupt you, but I think too, it <laughs> took us a long time. Really you were just like, boom, well, I, I saw you like pivoting to a, to a new thing. And I wanted to say something about the family food addiction thing, because I couldn't agree more, but I think both of us are just now starting to see that like in the last five years, we did not. And that perhaps could be a trend for all addiction. Like maybe you don't see it, like you're in the denial phase, but like, that is something I totally did not see in our family or in us until I became an adult on my own, which is crazy because you can't fix something if you don't see it. Well, it was normal to us. It's what we it's what all that we knew. Right. And I put in my notes to talk about today that the number one key to transformation in anything is awareness. Mm -hmm. So when we started talking about this, we said, this is our journey with ourselves. We've studied our ways. And like I've said recently, my number one job is to know myself. My number one job is to study myself. And if you're doing that, then you're going to transform. You're going to find new ideas, new ways. And awareness is the first step. But I was saying with college basketball, you would think we learned ways to fuel our body where I feel like it was the complete opposite in just eating whatever we wanted. Cause we were going to burn it. So that is something I've had to overcome as well. Yeah. And like I studied, I studied pre-med for example, and I, I work with a, a lot of surgeons and doctors now and it's like, I think the statistic is like 3% of, of their schooling is focused on nutrition. It's just not a focus the way that it should be, especially in America. Um, and so that lack of education, it's up to you. And, and we took it upon ourselves to educate ourselves, but also understand what works for us because we're sisters. We're obviously very similar, but the way that we fuel our body is very different. And we've had to figure out what works for us. Um, but I want to go back to like, my relationship with food started at a very young age, like very young, because I can remember being like in elementary school and I was always chubby. I was always a bigger kid. Like I am 5'10 and I've been 5'10 since the first grade. <laughs> I'm just kidding, but I swear I, I've always felt big. And I 
Tansy, I will speak for Tansy. She's always been like the gymnast body style until she got to be an adult. But as kids, she was very fit and it came natural to her to be tight. And so I had an older sister and I I can remember times like I would want to wear her t-shirts and I would put on a t-shirt and stretch it out. And she would get mad at me for stretching out her t-shirt. And it wasn't like she was trying to hurt my feelings, but I'm trying to tell you that that was an experience for me that I immediately as a kid was like, holy cow, I am big and I don't want to be big. And yeah, it's sad. And it was funny because I was just talking to Matt the other day and, and he was like, did you get hand-me-downs from your sister, like in clothes? And I was like, sometimes, but not really because I was bigger than her. <laughs> like I didn't, I couldn't fit into a lot of like, I remember you would wear jean skirts and there was no way that those were going to fit me. And so I started thinking about food at a really young age. And it was like this inner battle because I've also always been very hungry. Like I'm a hungry person. I love to eat. And I, I feel like I have to eat a lot because I have a metabolism that needs a lot of food. <laughs> and so flash forward dealing with image issues and then learning that that's directly tied to what I put into my body. I would say that I had a lot of disorders. Like now I would recognize that. I feel like back when we were younger, it wasn't talked about as much. So it wasn't like identify this, tackle it, get into therapy. So if I were a younger kid in today's age, I think it might've been handled differently, but I can remember I would want like bologna wrapped in lettuce for lunch and only like two, two lettuce wraps, because I wouldn't want my friends to see me eating a lot. Um, I didn't want to get the hot lunch that, that school provided because it was never nutritional. Not that bologna is nutritional, but, um, you get my point. Like I was always the kid wearing a t-shirt in the pool. I was always asking my best friend, push me in the pool. So I don't have to take my t-shirt off, like make it look like you accidentally did it. And I had good friends that did that shout out to them. Um, but the thing is, is flash forward to when I was a collegiate athlete and I was a freshman, which makes me what 18. And, um, you know, I fell in love. That was my first serious boyfriend. I had a great time in college, probably a little too much fun. (laughs) And I ended up gaining 42 pounds. And that is a lot of weight as an athlete to gain. And it was not muscle. Let me tell you, it was, it was fat macaroni. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, when you have a free access plan to the cafeteria and you already have an issue with eating a lot of food and you already have a control out of control issue. Like I went out of control in the cafeteria and I had a bagel with green cheese, which I make jokes about, but like that made me happy. (laughs) Or at least I thought I had fun with it, but it was like one day I woke up. Yes. Well, I just want to, I want you to keep going with your story and I don't necessarily want to us to both go through our stories, but I just want to counteract your perspective with like, do that. I just want to counteract your perspective with the fact that although you were looking at me as someone who was fit, like I never saw myself as that. Like I was never skinny enough. I wore the skirts, but I was like, I need to be, I need to be smaller than this. My legs are too big. Mm -hmm. I look too big in this. Um, Every time I ate food, 
I judged myself for it. I beat myself up for it. I, so like, as your perspective was that like, I had an older sister who didn't have to fight those demons possibly. Like I was fighting my own battle Mm -hmm. of not being enough as well. Um, So I think no matter your size, like you look at women and the way we are raised, the society we live in is just, it's never enough (laughs) and you're never skinny enough, especially like growing up now. I feel like we're in a world that's really starting to change that mindset, but um, I can just speak on my perspective that I still had those demons, even your, even though your perspective was different. Well, I like that you shared that because I literally remember like you always saying like, I'm fat or whatever. And I resented you for that so hard. I was like, what? Like you clearly don't see, but you had some issues too. Like, I mean, you never thought that you were good enough, but you had this perfect body in my mind, which you did actually, but in your mind, you didn't. Um, anyway, that's not, you know, image issues is another topic, but talking about food. Um, so anyway, I, I ended up gaining 42 pounds. Okay. That's a lot of weight. I woke up. It was like, I woke up and it happened overnight is what it felt like. I don't remember it happening. I just remember waking up and being like, Whoa, I was over just for perspective. So I am very tall. I'm five ten, but I was weighing over 300 pounds and that's a lot. I weighed like 306 pounds. Um, I'm sorry. That's a lot for you. I meant 206. Sorry. I was like, that's 306 is really a lot. Okay. So, but that's, it's all perspective. So that was a lot for you to gain that quickly and to be trying to run up and down the court the same way. Exactly. Exactly. Because I was an athlete. That was a lot of weight. Like you can't continue to jump and grab a rebound when you have 42 extra pounds holding you down. So, so having said that also part of my journey was I was risking my position on the basketball team. I remember my coach bringing me into the office and having to have the discussion with me that I was overweight and she is an amazing coach. Um, she had to have that conversation in order to care about me. So that, that was not something that I look back and resent her for. She had to have that conversation because I was beginning to be unhealthy. I remember mom calling me and, and saying, I like, I can vividly remember this. She, she asked me, you know, I'm going to start a health journey. Do you want to do it with me? And in hindsight and in conversation, she did that for me. And that's, you know, she's an amazing mom because she didn't look at me and say, you need to get on a diet. She said, I'm going to do this. Do you want to do it with me? And that was powerful. I didn't see it at the time. I was just like, yeah, sure. Mom. Cool. Great. Cause she knew I was uncomfortable in my skin. Um, but it got to the point where, so I got on this health journey and I restricted myself to a thousand calories a day. And I was eating like clementines, turkey slices, a ton of crystal lights, like all these like super unnatural, super processed things. And then I was spending another hour on the elliptical after a three hour basketball practice like extreme. I went from literally zero to a hundred and I lost 42 pounds plus some, that was the skinniest and the thinnest I've ever been, but I lost a ton of muscle mass. So that was where I think my hyper-awareness and my focus on nutrition began, which was about what, how many years ago, a decade. 
Oh, wait. <laughs> crazy. That's crazy. It feels like just yesterday, but I, ever since then, I would say that that was somewhat of an eating disorder that I had that I became addicted to. I stepped on the scale every single day. And the, the second that I stopped losing, I restricted more. So that's where I started to dive into what's going to work for my body and what's going to make me feel good. Um, so I wanted to stop there so that you could share your side of the story of when you started to become hyper-aware. Yeah. So, um, I think I've always been hyper-aware. Like I remember it's interesting how little one message that can be said in this talk about food is like your words impact people more than, you know, like your words, not only to other people, but to yourself, like the way you talk to yourself, like it is literally the number one thing that if you change the, the way you're, the way you speak to yourself, like, and the way you express yourself, it's going to change things. And so I've always been aware, like, I don't know why, <laughs> I don't know where it came from. Maybe it's just, maybe it's, I don't know. I I've just but always been like, you've been aware, but I mean, like, when did you start to look at your food and say, I need to experiment with changes? I always did that. Like I literally to the day I can remember being like, I'm starting on Monday. Is this making gonna, you emotional? I, I'm sure. Yeah, it does. I think it, I've always been like that. Like I've always, every, all I remember is I'm starting on Monday yeah. and then by Wednesday being like, I'm a piece of ish because yeah. I can't even stick to my goal on Monday. That's been my life, my entire life. That's so if I, yeah, like that's, and I, I'm sure that's relatable. I know people listening, nutrition is the thing that is to me, the, the best way you can take care of yourself, but also one of the hardest ways to take care of yourself. Yeah. Well, and it's because it's, it has to be ongoing. There's no arrival. Like it's an, it's every day it's a battle or, or it's, you know, whatever it is to you. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it gets tricky in your mind. You have, it's a relationship that you have to nurture. And like you said, be aware of and educate yourself and take care of your, yourself and love yourself enough to try new things. Um, I, I will say though, the changes when I, when I started to feel like I was mastering, like, again, like you just nailed it. It's a continuous journey because you fall back, you go forward, you have a weekend, you have a vacation. Like it's all, it's all mental and emotional, but it was when I started to educate myself. Like it's when my mission became not to lose weight. Yeah. And to, I remember I started eating to help my brain. Like I had learned that the way I was eating was affecting my ADHD and my ability to focus and to produce. Mm -hmm. And when that shift happened, when I was like, okay, I'm going to start fueling my body so that I can focus. And I stopped thinking about, I need to eat this so I can lose weight. That yeah. to me was when the shift happened of that greater awareness of really taking control of educating myself and how it's affecting my, me mentally. Yeah. Talk about sickness. Like 
I can remember I, as a young kid, I think I was in like middle school, maybe, maybe even younger, but I, I had asked mom to like enroll me in Weight Watchers. And I remember being in the Weight Watchers, like, um, meetings and I was like the youngest and there was like women in there, but I was like a kid in there. And I remember part of the process is stepping on the scale. Part of the process is counting your points of how, like how food is ingested. And, and then I can remember as like me and you as young girls, like we would do the cabbage soup diet. (laughs) So nasty, which began like our hatred towards Tabasco sauce. (laughs) Um, but like we would make like huge things of cabbage soup and eat it for a week, dude. All we would have is cabbage soup. And we were like, this is it. This is going to be the, the, the secret sauce. (laughs) I mean, I, I even went as far as doing HCG where I went into the doctor and got shots of HCG and ate 500 calories a day. And I remember that. Yeah. So anyways, let's move forward from the stories because everyone has those. And the thing is, is everybody listening has, has their own stories of things that they've tried to do to lose weight. It's part of, I really think being a woman or gain, like to get to fix our our bodies. Like that's, and if you hear me, I need you to hear that the minute I stopped worrying about fixing my body and the way it looked and switched to fueling myself, that's when things change. But I also want to say, um, everyone has those stories, but why Chandler is a beast right now. What I also need you to hear is Chandler is a beast at nutrition and she knows her ish because of the mess that she went through. Mm -hmm. She turned her mess into her message and she's now better than anyone else. I know at consistency with nutrition. So your stories of why you didn't like yourself, why you felt like you couldn't get control. Those are in the past. We all have them. The best of the best took it and used it as fuel to figure it out for themselves. So as we move forward and saying how we figured it out, the whole reason of sharing our stories is to let you know that like, this is the hardest thing that we've had to figure out. But I mean, Chandler's my idol. And the reason if she didn't go through what she went through, she wouldn't be where she is. Yeah. So thank you. So so go ahead. Um, I would love for you. I have like a list of things that I think are necessary to change, to change mentally and all those things. And maybe you want to start, but like, we can just start listing things off that like, these were major key alerts for us and they might be different. We might go back and forth on it. Yeah. So I will say that my whole point in explaining like the cabbage soup diet, the weight watchers, I did, I did like the shakes replacements. Like I've tried for a decade or more different things. And yes, it did stem from me wanting to lose weight. I'm not afraid to share. I'm not afraid to share that it did stem from that, but I I've also gotten to the point where I'm no longer focused on losing weight. And that took a lot of time and that took a lot of patience. And that took a lot of giving effort to now be, now I focus on, there's a few things, but my number one priority is to wake up with energy. I want to pop out of bed. That is all going to come from what I put in my body. And I know that now. The next thing is I want to have balanced moods. I've been a moody person my entire life. And there's no doubt that that came from what I was eating. Obviously, I, I also have OCD, which triggers some anxiety and some, some mood changes. But I will tell you 100% before I was on medication, 
that was balanced because I got my act together with my diet. The third thing that's very important to me is having quality sleep. And that also comes from how your body is operating internally. I don't care how much medication you want to be on or how much sleep aids you want to take. You will have the best sleep of your life when you figure out what type of nutrition works for you. So those are the three things. I feel attacked first of all, (laughs) (laughs) because that, that, but like, I think we all want that. Like we all want to pop out of bed, but we don't do what it takes to do that. Yeah. Like we, I want that too, but you've made that like, this is not worth being able to pop out of bed. And I think sometimes I didn't plan on saying this, but I think after hearing you say that is people don't know how good we can feel. Like we don't know how good it, we don't know that it's possible to pop out of bed right? and that we are in control. It's, it's like, we feel like, well, I can't really control that. So screw it or whatever. Yeah. And I'm just going to continue to be tired because this is life. And it's like, it doesn't have to be that way. You literally can, can your nutrition can allow you to pop out of bed in the morning. Like if you open your mind to that, like, yes, then it would be worth it. Heck yeah. Um, I think too, like, I have to reiterate that none of those things that are important to me are about appearance at all. I had to let that, that piece go because you will be miserable. If you're constantly chasing a perfect appearance that you have in your mind, you'll be miserable, but a byproduct to finding proper nutritional fuel is clearer skin, longer, fuller hair, tighter skin, um, tighter body, better digestion. So you don't feel bloated. All of those things are, are amazing byproducts, but they're not my North star. They're not my why. So things that I've learned number one, and I feel like every single podcast we've said this, so this is kind of crazy, but consistency, like if you're going to try a diet or if you're going to try a way of eating, if you try it for two months, you're not, it's not going to, I mean, you got to stick to it for at least six months to a year, in my opinion, in order for your body to catch up and activate. Like I imagine like wheels turning, like engines running in my body and they don't catch up to what you're adding for a few months. So consistency is the number one thing I've learned. So like a cabbage soup diet for a week. Yeah. You're going to lose some water weight, but it's not going to stick. (laughs) Um, just as an example. And I learned that, um, I think consistency. Yeah. But like a lifestyle to me. Exactly. But so it's interesting because Chandler's on the scientific side of that. Her brain thinks of the science behind all of that. And my brain thinks, um, like, why do I not think, why do I not have like the discipline or the self-worth to be consistent? Mm -hmm. So it's like, a lot, a lot of the things that we might talk about are things you already know. And that's, a, that's the thing about nutrition. And that's sometimes why I think I avoid it too, is because it's like, I, I could give you my journey, but if you don't fix your, the fact that you don't think you're worth that you're, you don't think you're worth you taking care of yourself in that manner, that's going to stop you. No matter every knowledge is power until it's not <laughs> like you So for me, what I've just in, in contrast to that, 
I've had to study my emotional eating, like why I'm overeating, why, what is my trigger when I black out and shove a whole entire bag of popcorn in my mouth? Mm-hmm. And um, what are my habits that I've grown up with that aren't serving me and that are making me feel like crap? So it, it goes in, in, in line with that because it's habits that you're not thinking about that are affecting you while also thinking about your mentality and around what you deserve and what you deserve to give yourself. Yes. And why you like, again, we all want to pop out of bed in the morning. Do we all do what it takes to do that? No. So the question therein lies the gap between that and that what's stopping you from that. And you got to decide that for yourself. Yeah. Agreed. And I think too, like, um, there are so many stigmas and negative talk, which I don't personally like around different diets, whether it's keto, paleo, macros, you name it. The thing is, is all of those diets work. (laughs) They all do. It's a matter of are, are the people who are doing those diets consistent and have they found what works for them? Because you can try anything for a year and it's going to do what it's supposed to do if you're consistent with it and strong with it. But I've tried all of those, every single diet out there, Atkins, all of them. I have tried them. You name it. Same. I had to tailor my approach after experimenting with my own body to figure out if I remove this, if I add this, these things make me feel good. And so one thing is my entire life, I, I already said this, but I've eaten a lot of food. Like I eat high volume, large portions and that I have to have because I'm hungry. Like a lot of people don't understand that because they don't eat as much as me. So I had to figure out how can I still eat that much, but be healthy. So now I eat a lot of things like I'm very high protein. And I just talked about this on my social media the other day. And I have a lot of questions in my DMs about it, which I find really interesting because a lot of people notoriously struggle with getting protein in. For me, that's hard to wrap my brain around, but I, I love meats. I love beans. I love like adding hemp hearts to things. Um, I also supplement, which is a personal preference of mine. Not everyone has to supplement. That is a choice that I make. However, having said that high protein gives me strength in the gym. I've noticed high protein allows me to feel like I have energy and it also fills me up so I can eat more and feel full. Um, so that's the one thing I've learned for me that works is high protein. I'm going to pass it to you to give one thing that you've learned. Um, so honestly, I think one thing that I changed was an all or nothing mentality that I think you did this too, where it would be like, it's the weekend balls to the wall. I'm yeah. eating everything in sight and so I'll, start, I'll start again on Monday or if I knew I was going to have pizza at night, I would be like, screw it. The whole day is, is ruined. And it was just an all or nothing mentality of even like, you know, everything, everything goes along with that, your workouts, your sleep, 
it's all or nothing drinking. (laughs) And the minute I said like, okay, I'm going to have one meal where I enjoy it and I'm going to have fries and I'm going to have a burger, but I'm going to take off the bun. And I enjoyed the fries because that's what was worth it to me. Knowing that the morning when I woke up, I was going to get movement in, I was going to chug some water and I was going to have a smoothie that made me feel like I was back on track. Like that changing that all or nothing mentality is something that I think we all need to continue to work on no matter what diet it is. I also think that one one good choice fuels the next. Like every good choice you make for yourself fuels the next one. So when you have the discipline to turn away that night where you wanted pizza, but you had a salad instead, like you're going to leave, even though it felt like it took everything in you, you're going to leave that experience and be like, I'm a bad bish because I just did that for myself. And that's going to be, that's going to give you this, this inner confidence and inner feeling of like, yeah, I'm ready for the next thing. And then you wake up and you go hard in your, to me, it's like a mentality that every good choice you make, even if that first one takes everything you have and the next one takes everything you have, it's going to start just catapulting and domino effect into making good choices for yourself. Yeah. I have have more going to the emotional side of things as I'm over here trying to talk about, you know, the discreet things or discreet. I don't know if that's the right word, but you know what I mean? Great. Like, like definite. Definite. Yeah. Yeah. So let me just add on the emotional piece since you are really wanting to talk about that is. No, I I think it's good. I think we should keep going back and forth. Like, I don't think we need to. Okay. Well, I have to say that like, as you're making those choices, like she subbed um, a salad for pizza and that felt good in her mind, her who we're talking about this bossy person. (laughs) Um, What's crazy is I think over time, the, cons- the more consistently that you make those good choices, the more you start to actually enjoy the taste of it too. It's like this crazy subconscious delivery of you're, you're doing something good for you and you know that. And so it's like, everything starts to fall in line, your taste buds, your mentality, all of it. And so you start to really, like, I really enjoy eating healthy and it tastes good to me now. I did not enjoy it at first. <laughs> I was like, dude, give me all the subway, bro. Like, give me all the mac and cheese. Like that, that is good. (laughs) But now I'm at the point where I'm like, yuck, I won't, I, I do enjoy those things sometimes, but for the most part, like I really love the taste of healthy food. That's amazing. amazing. And I'm, I mean, I obviously have tangible, like scientific thoughts as well, but I think maybe what we can do now is keep going back and forth, but let's like say it and like really well I I want to hear what works for you more yeah I want to hear what works for you and then I'll talk about what works for me and let's talk about how it differs okay so more protein I agree on more protein I think one thing that I've started to do from learning about food that I didn't even realize until I started to put together this these meal plans for our squad like I haven't done that until recently is that um, unconsciously or not unconsciously, that would mean I was like asleep or something subconsciously. (laughs) Um, subconsciously, I don't just eat like an apple by itself because that's just pure, like sugar spike. So like with an apple, you have a little bit of peanut butter and you have, um, I don't know, some cottage cheese or something, but like when you 
I think people think just having a piece of fruit is healthy, Mm -hmm. but it's like synergistically food works in your body in a way that satiates you and fuels you. And so for me, one change I've made is like making sure that I have like a protein, some healthy fat and fiber, obviously vegetables are important, but like having all of that balance. Yeah. And I, and variety. And, and the reason for that is to avoid an insulin spike. So to avoid your blood sugar to skyrocket, you eat things in balance to have a balanced glycemic index. So like have pairing an apple with peanut butter or with nuts is going to keep you balanced. And your body is like, okay, I'm getting a little bit of this, a little bit of this, a little bit of this. I can stay even. Right. So like healthy fat and fiber, both help, help your blood sugar, not spike with the sugar of the apple or whatever. I don't even know what I just said, but yes. And I think people don't realize that that is a major problem in the way we eat. Like we're eating so much carbs and sugar that our insulin is spiking and causing a lot of problems for us. Mm -hmm. And so not only does that mess with our health, but it messes with, tell me if I'm wrong here, it messes with our metabolism and like whether we're burning fat or just burnt, trying to fix the sugar intake. Yeah. Um, another thing, so this is one difference between you and I. So for me going longer in between meals, like, uh, I guess intermittent fasting to a certain extent, but I don't like to say that because I think people get the wrong idea and do it incorrectly. Mm -hmm. They're like, I'm going to starve myself. And I've been there. I've done it. That's why I like caution the words intermittent fasting, but, um, because I think people do it wrong and take it the wrong way. And then just have this big ass meal at the end of the night. Again, I've been there. I still, that still happens to me sometimes, but I feel my best when I'm giving like my digestive system a break Mm -hmm. when I'm having a good satiated, satiating full meal with all the things and then taking like four hours and letting my digestive system relax before my next meal. And then having a decent amount of time overnight to where my, oh my gosh, you just froze so bad. And you looked like this. (laughs) (laughs) I wish you guys could see my face, but I was like, oh, yeah. What's funny is so Tansy and I were texting the other day about nutritional things. You know, we text every day about the weirdest things, but she was talking about taking that long break in between food. And I said, I, that does not work for me. That is not appealing to me. Um, If someone were to tell me that that were a requirement to be healthy, I would go and have a total mental breakdown because I refrain from letting myself get hungry. Like that is mm-hmm. like, that is something that I work toward. I, I'm, I, w- I don't put an hour and I don't time how long I go in between because I've developed enough healthy habits to very be very much be intuitive with the way that I feel. I don't even think about it anymore, but I don't go that long <laughs> because I don't want to feel hungry. That's when I start to spiral. And I've learned that about myself. So whereas that works for Tansy, it doesn't work for me. Yeah. Well, 
with that being said, the goal should, you should be eating such nutrient dense, satiating things that you aren't hungry. And if you are, you do listen to your body and you eat, but like the goal is there, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I feel you on that. All right. What else you got? Speaking of like, and this is a little bit like, you know, left turn, but speaking of feeling hungry, a lot of the times I, and this is something I learned on my journey when I was hungry. Okay. This is another thing from my childhood. I remember going to the doctor for a physical. Remember when we had, when we had to do that and, oh, I should still be doing that, I guess. But, um, we had to do this for basketball and stuff. You would get a physical. And I can remember our family doctor that we know personally telling me that I was dehydrated. He was like, you're severely dehydrated. I was a young girl and I was, I didn't care. You know, it didn't phase me. I was like, whatever. And he was like, you need to have some Coke or something like just put, drink some Coke. I can remember that. What? Yes. You heard that wrong. No, because I remember telling mom, like he told me to have Coke diet Coke or whatever. And she was like, no, she was dude. Why would I lie about that? He literally told me like, have some Coke. And I, and I knew that that was incorrect, but I was like, Whoa, like, yeah, I'll take some, some pop. That's great. Um, but anyway, speaking of feeling hunger and feeling hungry, a lot of the times, like 90% of the time we are thirsty and we don't drink enough water. And so in my health journey, I have learned that I feel my best when I have a gallon a day at the least I'm having a hundred ounces a day. And that's to me, like the least amount that you should be having is like three liters. Um, and that will change your life then right then in that, like, if you just started implementing tomorrow, having three liters of water, you, you would feel so amazing. Um, so that is something that I think Tanti and I both do is we drink hella water. I have here drinking water can increase your metabolism by 30%. Wow. Dehydration dehydration is mistaken for hunger. Water is great for digestion, detoxing and bloating and your energy levels increase. Facts. It's like a save all. It's like water is a major cure that we don't think. Water water sucks sometimes, bro. (laughs) I I get so over water, but anyways. Okay. What's next? Okay. So wait, hold on. I feel like we should just rally off a couple more each and then come back to a, an episode two or something. Yeah. So the other things that I follow and I'm, I would say, um, not super strictly, but I refrain from ingesting dairy, which I've learned is very impactful to me. My, I don't, I don't feel sluggish. I don't feel bloated. My skin has changed and that's not me promoting to you to give up dairy. So let's just be very clear. I'm just stating that that is what works for me. I am a girl that loves some cottage cheese. I love cheese on and an omelet and I will definitely indulge at times and not give a crap about it, but I do feel my best when I don't have dairy. I would say that dairy, gluten, and sugar are things that I am very mindful of in the way they make me feel like mm-hmm. I a hundred percent agree with that. Yeah. Um, and so I wanted you to talk a little bit about like, you feel really good having high fat, just touch on that real quick. I don't think I eat high fat. I think I did when I did 
like back then, but I think healthy fats are anti-inflammatory. Healthy fats are, I'm all about decreasing my inflammation because I know that that's something I, I need to work on. So if it, if it's decreasing inflammation, one thing that Andrea from our studio taught me was that omega-3 fatty acids or whatever are like the thing that can reverse aging. Mm-hmm. Obviously she didn't know I was going to take that. So obviously like, again, no. we're, we're just here telling our stories and we don't, you know, it is what it is, but she is a nutritionist. And so I was like, yep, buying omega-3 fatty acids so I can reverse this aging process. Yeah. But, but even if you don't buy the supplements, like having walnuts or having fish, yep. like you can yep. get omega, omega-3s omega and, and you want more omega-3s than omega-6s, but you can get that through your diet. You can so, have walnuts. Gosh, we could just keep talking about nutrition forever because I love that you say that, but knowing myself, I'm not going to be a, I'm not going to be consistent in putting walnuts in something every single day or eating fish every single day. So I delegated omega-3 uh, supplement to make sure I get that in. Cause I knew that that's what was going to work for me, mm-hmm. even though, yeah, probably the best way to get it is through real food. But I think that's another thing is like, we try to do it all. Like I'm also, I've also had to come to terms with being okay with the fact that I don't want to spend my time in the kitchen. Like I'm, I'm doing other things that I would rather spend my time doing. And so delegating that to a meal delivery service that serves really healthy, good food is something that I had to learn is okay. I don't have to be judge myself for that. As long as I'm finding what works for me in, you know, eating what I know makes me feel good. And I love being in the kitchen. That is like, I look forward to cooking dinner. I, to me, cooking, being in the kitchen is therapeutic. I also really, I, I really have a control issue diagnosed and I love having full control over what I'm cooking, what I'm putting into the food. It is a whole process to me. Like we've already touched on the fact that this is a mindset. This is a relationship. So me cooking my food is beneficial for me. I, I mean, I think it's beneficial for everybody. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it, is, it's not something you like to do. So you found a different way, which I think is great. Or just a way that m- makes sure that I do what is good for me because cooking to me is a obstacle, is an obstacle. And I think that you're not alone in that. I think a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, but I do think it's something that needs to happen. Like I'm not saying, like I think eventually- one or two times, like get it, getting in the kitchen and feeling comfortable in there and wanting to be in there is valuable. Cause I just, everything we say, there's the other side, like, okay, just cause you don't like it doesn't mean that you shouldn't be trying to tackle that, you know, but like being okay with the way you have to start reaching your goals is good. Um, okay. Do you want to, you, you were starting your list, finish everything that you have, and then I'll finish my list. So I said high protein, I said a gallon of water, I said removing dairy. Those are all things that I have found work for me. Um, And to be honest, like the last thing, like as a huge umbrella, and we are going to definitely have to have another podcast to tie onto this podcast podcast, (laughs) um, is like, I focus heavily on eating whole foods. And so whole foods being 
natural foods that have grown out of the ground or come from an animal. I rarely have processed foods. And that is obviously I'm educated enough to know that processed foods aren't good for us. But the reason that I don't, that I stay away from that is because I don't feel good having them. That's it. I don't feel good. And so when I'm eating fruits, vegetables, um, using like extra virgin olive, olive oil or avocado oil, those types of things. And I'm staying as natural as I possibly can. It's impossible. It's not impossible. It's very hard to go hundred percent like whole foods all the time. Like I definitely, I've already mentioned, I, I do supplement and I fill the gaps, my nutrition with things that have been processed, but 90% of my diet comes from whole foods. And that is something I am prideful on and prioritize. Wow. You're a beast. And, um, yeah. Is that your list for now? Yes. For now. I think we, the thing is, is we all know that though. Like that's where to me, the conversation is like, y'all know, we know that whole foods is the best choice. We know that we should be eating more vegetables. We know we should be drinking more water. Anyone listening to this podcast knows that. So what I wrote down is how I started to honor myself to get there, you know? And I, I feel like I'm just like yelling, but I'm yell. I'm not yelling at you. Good. I'm, Good stuff. I'm yelling at that. <laughs> um, so one thing that I find myself doing when I start to do be- poorly is beating myself up. I think that's one thing, like when you beat yourself up for the things you're doing, you're going to continue to spiral and make bad decisions. So when you, again, make that good choice and you celebrate the heck out of it, or you don't judge yourself for something you've done, you make another good decision. Mm-hmm. I put another change I had to make was, and I do this still actually. So something I'm working on is saying, I deserve this. Like I deserve to mm-hmm. have this, this meal because I've worked 20 hours today or something. And really it's changing that narrative of, I actually deserve to pop out of bed in the morning even more. So there's that. I think Um, I'm on trend with that too. Like if you are, when we talk about the all or nothing mentality, a way that I started in the beginning of my journey, I love having like sweets after dinner. I'm, I'm not a sweet tooth person. I actually am. I lean towards savory foods, but a way to avoid like wanting to have five cookies or something like that is I have, or I used to have a piece of small chocolate every single night. Mm -hmm. And I truly believe that having that little indulgence every single day, instead of restricting myself completely and waiting for the weekend to have a huge cake that when I got to the weekend, didn't want to have a huge cake because I had had small indulgences consistently and I allowed myself to enjoy that. So that was a tip. Yeah. That's like major keeler. I like that. Um, so, uh, stop beating myself up. Stop saying that I deserve this. And then I made a list of like, awareness is the first thing. So paying attention to yourself, honoring yourself, as you both heard Chandler and I say, we've spent time educating ourselves. I don't think I give myself enough credit for the amount of work I've done on studying nutrition. 
And it's probably the same story that you have that I'm comparing myself to my sister, who's this like pre-med graduate. And I don't think that I'm up to par to be able to speak on it, but like, I have spent a lot of money and time learning about nutrition and you got to take the reins and educate yourself. And I didn't learn an ounce of nutrition in my pre-med undergrad, just, just so that's clear. Yeah. But you have a scientific mind. Yeah. That's what I compare it to. Um, but taking control and responsibility instead of asking for the meal plan. Like, I know you've been saying people are getting so excited about you sharing what you're eating every day. And I'm like, that's just so interesting to me. I think it's great because that's something that you can provide and help people with and give them ideas for. But like, there are resources for meal plans, literally everywhere you look. Yeah. Like, and I, that's like, I could do a, what I eat in the day and grow times 10 on social media. I could share way more on that. And I refrain from it because what happens is the second that I start sharing that because I live a fitness lifestyle and I'm a fitness enthusiast, people think that they can do exactly what I'm doing and have the same results that I have. And so I don't allow myself to share that because it doesn't work that way. And that's the whole point of this podcast. That's why we wanted to get on here is because podcast (laughs) because (laughs) we really want to shoot the message into you that different strokes for different folks and take time to educate yourself (laughs) and take time to experiment with different things and allow yourself to enjoy that journey. Yeah. But like major, major keeler is taking ownership, not asking for someone else's meal plan and not like being done asking for the secret. Like what's the secret to get there fast? What's the secret to figure it out? There is no secret. It's you doing the work, educating yourself, trial experimenting with what works for you. And then I put, um, so awareness, education, and I put being intentional and you kind of just nailed that with the small chocolate piece. Also, I say nailed that a lot. Now that I said nailed that too, that I say it a lot, all you guys are going to be listening every time I say nail it. And you're going to be like, wow, she does say nail it all the time. I always say like, I think you nailed it. Like, is there another way? (laughs) Is there another way to say that? I don't know. Why don't you just own that? That's your phrase. I don't like it. I want to say something different. You nailed it though. Anyways. Um, so you talked about the small piece of chocolate and then I also tapped on like being intentional with what is worth it to me or not. Like French fries are worth it to me. You love French fries. I love French fries, dude. But like, oh gosh, I love French fries so much. (laughs) Yum. I live for French fries, dude. And what's funny is like, Tansy really likes the crunchy French fries. I like the biggest potato-y steak fries. That's another difference between us. Yucky. (laughs) Give me the almost uncooked fry. Ew. (laughs) Anyways, but like those are worth it to me. And dessert is actually not as worth it to me. But like if dessert is worth it to you, then you make the substitute for your, like whatever. If Mm -hmm. you want to have a drink, you know, instead of saying, I'm going to do all these things. It's like, choose one that is worth your indulgent and indulgence and be intentional about it. That's all I got, man. I definitely like dairy and gluten definitely mess with me too, though. I realize for sure. 
not only like my bloating and the way I feel in my body, but like my brain. Yeah, I agree. It slows me down too. Like, um, yeah, I was going to go a different direction with that, but I think it's time we wrap this up. Cause this was very, a lot, very, a lot. Yeah. That was the most we've talked ever. Yeah. So let us know what topics you want to hear from us next. We have a couple on deck and we're excited to be back together finally after a couple of weeks of tra- traveling. Um, but we want to hear what you guys want to hear. And again, thank you so much for the support. Thanks for listening. Yes. You guys are the best. <laughs> <laughs> what? That phase, dude. Um, you guys are the best. Thanks so much. Also, just remember we are not experts. We are not nutritionists. We are sharing our journey and, um, hopefully empowering you to own yours in the most bossy way possible. So I always just get awkward, like closing it out. That's why I gave that face. Like, I just want to be like, all right, love you. Bye. Yeah. Um, maybe we should give them a call to action. Give me a call to action. What would you, if you were to tell me, Hey, Tams, this is what you need to do to pop out of bed in the morning. After all the things we just talked about. I dude, that's so hard because there's so many different levels of people listening, but my number one thing is water. Start with water. That's right. the call to action. Call to action. Stay hydrated girlfriend. Okay. Bye. Not okay. Coke water. Yeah. I slay. I'm a bad mom, that's what they say I'm about my money, yeah, I don't play I got that Benjamin button, I'm looking better every day, boy Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? I'm a boss and a savage Girl, what's in your DNA, huh? You know I'm far beyond average Girl, what's in your DNA?